Welcome back to the Warehouse Podcast. My name is Jesse. I'm going to be the only host on the episode today, and I'm going to be talking about the Orioles acquiring Tyler Nevin from the Tigers uh, just a few days ago for cash considerations. So I'm basically going to go through the player profile of who Tyler Nevin is, um, what we can expect, and why the Orioles decided to go in this direction and make this move. Um, So... Tyler Nevin, uh, for those who have short memories, was a member of the Orioles in 2021 and 2022 before spending last year in Detroit. Uh, In each of his stints at the major league level, um, he has not gotten consistent playing time uh, for reasons that I'm going to get into. Um, And he spent time uh, in each of those seasons in AAA um, and then not making large contributions Uh, at the major league level. Uh, As of right now, Tyler Nevin is 26 years old. uh, So he's already sort of in that age where he sort of should be developing into the player that he is going to be long-term. Yes, there are players that have breakout seasons at 28, 29, and sometimes rarely even later than that. Um, But the normal trajectory for most players is normally uh, 25, 26, when we start to see uh, the the upside of players or they're at least making real strides and significant strides by that age. Um, And at least at a bare minimum, showing glimpses and uh, of what they are capable of at the major league level. Um, So. At this point, he struggled to sort of uh, have a sizable impact at the major league level. Um, he sort of functioned uh, as a utility sort of player, um, even though uh, he's more like a corner infielder uh, more than anything else. Um, so he's not sort of a normal utility infielder like a, a, a shortstop um, who also plays third and can play second sometimes uh, or something like that, right? He's a corner middle infielder. I'm sorry, a corner infielder. And uh, yeah, so, and he's struggled to get playing time uh, so far at the major league level because his numbers at the major league level have been less than spectacular. Um, He has at this point in his career, a negative war, a negative career war. So He's already uh, sort of in the category of being a below average player in Major League Baseball. So as far as hitting goes, and let's remember he is a corner infielder, there is a heavy expectation that he needs to be a solid hitter, right? It's not like he is a second baseman where he could be sort of a lighter hitter um, if he plays really good defense and does these other things. He runs and stuff like that. Most teams that are competing in Major League Baseball need a lot of production out of, and a lot of power production out of corner and field positions. Now, in certain situations, this can be compensated if you have a really power-hitting shortstop or something like that, and there's less reliance upon that sort of thing. But in general, general rule of thumb is that you need a lot of power production out of a corner infield position. First base, third base are normally two of your premier power hitting positions. Um, 
So given that that's the case, um, Tyler Nevin does not have that sort of power profile um, as a hitter. Uh, this is in some contrast to his dad, who did uh, his dad, Phil Nevin, who did have and demonstrate power, uh, at least on some level throughout the course of his career. Um, Tyler Nevin does not really demonstrate uh, power. Um, he's never hit more than two home runs. Granted, he's had very limited at bats in the majors. Um, now, at the minor league level in AAA, he's been a power hitter and he does knock home runs. Um, but of course, that's a very different thing than hitting major league home runs um, and sort of having production at the major league level with power. Um, of course, there's a big discrepancy and difference in the pitching at AAA and the pitching at the majors. So if we're looking at the strengths of Tyler Nevin, there are a couple, there are a few strengths that he has uh, as a hitter. And the strengths uh, can all sort of be summed up in his plate discipline. So Tyler Nevin is actually uh, an above average hitter. Uh, if we're looking at particular metrics of chase percentage, whiff percentage, and walk percentage, he's in all of those categories, he's above average. And uh, in in some of those, he's really, really solid. And if he had sort of those same figures across the board for all of his hitting categories, he'd be a solid major league hitter. But he doesn't. And these are the particular strengths in his game that are contrasted, you know, rather than congruent with the rest of his his numbers and and his sort of deeper metrics, right? The 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 numbers he struggles with more at the major league level, it's hard hit percentage, expecting bad expected batting average and expected slugging percentage. Um all of those numbers are really really dismal and they're especially dismal in the context of him being at a corner and field position. Um, so, you know, if you look even beyond uh, just him hitting um, now, granted, like in the minor leagues, um, you know, as I was hinting at before or indicating before he has an over 800 OPS in his minor league career, like that is very solid. And he sort of makes a case that he's kind of one of these quadruple a players that is sort of too good for AAA, but not good enough for uh, the major leagues. Um, and he's very much, you know, uh, in that in that sort of category where, you know, he has dominated and he's done really, really well at AAA. But then when he's come up to the majors, he hasn't been able to sort of replicate those numbers and that sort of production um, or even not even replicate it, but even have something that somewhat resembles um, or um, is a, a slight um, regression from his AAA numbers. Uh, when he gets to the major league level, there's always been a significant regression um, from his AAA stats. So, you know, okay, definitely for Tyler Nevin, he's not a very good hitter. Um, that's clear. And of course we, you know, we talked about why that's so important at his position, but if you look at his defense and his base running, things don't get much better. He's definitely a below average defender. His range is not good in particular. 
so he's not even offering the sort of defensive value that you would come to expect from a light hitting major league player. There are some justifications for a guy who doesn't really hit very well, but plays great or solid defense um, and can run the bases and do all these other sorts of things. There are solid justifications for having players like that on a major league roster on a major league team, but Tyler Nevin doesn't do those things either. So it sort of becomes a question well, you know, what can your contribution be at the major at the major league level? And I think that um, part of it is that he is 26. So there is maybe some hope that there can be some growth and some development. But if we're looking at him historically, there's not any ability. He hasn't demonstrated any ability to really be a productive major league player. Um, Of course, he might be better than particular options within a particular organization at a particular moment in time. But whether uh but at least historically Tyler Nevin would not uh be in a situation where he would be sort of the preferred option or the manager would feel really good about putting Tyler Nevin into X, Y, or Z situation uh because he hasn't really demonstrated historically that he offers major league value um, in any real tangible facet of the game. So if we're looking at Tyler Nevin, the only way that he could really be useful and really be productive is if somehow he were to significantly improve, right? And the way that the, the pathway for Tyler Nevin to do that would be offensively. Defense and base running are skills that are normally uh, very traceable from minor league careers uh, from early ages up to the major league level. Um, Of course, everybody can make improvements. There are things that could be tinkered with, etc. But at this point in Tyler Nevin's career, he's 26. So it's not likely that he's going to have a defensive breakout year where he sort of like turns things around things like that don't really happen often. The most likely way for Tyler Nevin to sort of have a breakout year um, or to do something significantly different is offensively guys are tampering with their swings. They make some sort of connections. They come across a hitting coach that is really significant um, that, you know, finds out, um, a lot of times, like it can be about psychology, right? So your offensive numbers are more variable than sort of your defense um, and your base running. If you're not a fast base runner, you're just not a fast base runner. And that is going to be a skill that is not going to be able to be uh, really developed and and built upon, especially at his age, right? So if anything, um, you know, he might see regression in those categories. Um, maybe not, you know, within the next two or three years, but um, I mean, it is possible, right? So those are things that are more likely to be regressed than anything else. Now, if we're talking about hitters, most of the time, good and great hitters don't just come out of nowhere, right? Uh, Ryan O'Hearn being a notable exception, but Ryan O'Hearn is sort of a demonstration of a guy that can sort of turn it around offensively. Um, The Orioles 
uh, brought him in. They figured something out with him, and he really excelled offensively last year. He was an instrumental part of the overall offense. And prior to that, Ryan O'Hearn had not been um, good offensively, uh, to say the least. So uh, if Tyler Nevin is going to sort of find his way in the major leagues, his greatest ability and potential to do that is to figure something out offensively um, and to become a more productive major league hitter. Now, again, I do want to caution that I, I don't think or expect that Tyler Nevin is going to be able to become a productive enough uh, major league hitter where he will really fight his way um, onto this current construction of Orioles players that the Orioles have. I'll get into why I think the Orioles uh, acquired him uh, just momentarily. Um, But under this uh, sort of uh, roster and these players that we have, um, I don't think there's really uh, a pathway for Tyler Nevin to make the major league team. With that said, the only pathway I see for him being able to do that is for him to have a fantastic spring training uh, where he hits the cover off the ball and then he really does something differently offensively and he somehow turns into a major, like a really productive major league hitter. I don't see any pathway for that to happen because the difference that would, you know, we're not, we don't need a little bit more out of Tyler Nevin as a hitter to justify him being a major league hitter. Um, I mean, this is a guy who, you know, had 111 plate appearances last year for the Tigers and, you know, has hit, you know, in the ballpark of the 200 over the past couple seasons. Um with no power, um, like I think I already said, he hit less than two home runs um, in each of his last seasons. So he would really have to somehow turn into a 20 home run guy at a bare minimum in order to be a major league player, um, I think. Um, now, don't get me wrong. When I say that, uh, I guess I'm referring specifically to the Orioles, right? He had he was on the Tigers last year. He did get a little playing time at the major league level. But we got to keep in mind, the Tigers are one of the worst teams in major league baseball right now. And he only got 111 major league at-bats for them. So if Tyler Nevin is struggling... Uh, to get playing time on the worst team in baseball. Well, now he's entering a situation with a team that won 101 games last year. We have an incredible minor league system with talent and infield talent brimming and just waiting to come to the major leagues. So, you know, what is the pathway realistically for Tyler Nevin to make the major leagues with the Baltimore Orioles? And, Like I said, under this current construction and without a flurry of injuries, um, you know, hitting the Orioles, I don't see a way for Tyler Nevin to make the major league team. Um, Now, if the Orioles decide to trade some of the prospects, let's say, or let's, let's say, for instance, the Orioles trade Joey Ortiz uh, in the next few weeks here, and they trade Ramon Urias, right? Now, even in that situation, it might not be likely 
for Tyler Nevin to make the major league team, but that would be his best chance to find a way to get on the major league roster. Now, granted, the only way for the Orioles to assure that he stays in the organization is for him to make the major league roster. Um, Tyler Nevin doesn't have options, so he needs to make the major league teams um, in order to avoid getting DFA'd. And when he gets DFA'd, of course, the Orioles are likely to lose him entirely. So with this being the situation, um, either the Orioles need to encounter multiple injuries that would allow Tyler Nevin to make this major league team or the Orioles would have to make serious trades, potentially for someone like Dylan Cease, where, uh, you know, the Orioles end up not even a deficit of talent at the uh, at the minor league level. But, you know, maybe the Orioles talk themselves into not having Jackson Holiday, not having Kobe Mayo. Uh, Kobe Mayo, of course, is likely not to be on the major league roster uh, on opening day. But some of these prospects that are coming up, um, you know, they get delayed and they get pushed and a couple guys get injured. A couple guys get traded. And then we can start to entertain a conversation where, okay, maybe Tyler Nevin does make his way onto the major league roster at the beginning of the season. In a situation like that, that increasingly becomes a possibility at the current situation. There is no way for Tyler Nevin to make his way onto this team over some of the more established guys the Orioles have been playing and have been using. There is no arguable case that Tyler Nevin is a better option than Ramon Arias. There is no case to be made that Tyler Nevin is a better option than Jorge Mateo or even some of the backups, right? Uh, Joey Ortiz, uh, Jordan Westberg. None of these guys on the Orioles right now are really going to get outcompeted by Tyler Nevin. Ryan O'Hearn is not going to lose his place at first base to Tyler, Tyler Nevin. So when we're looking at this, um, I think that the Orioles are sort of viewing this predominantly as an insurance policy, right? The Orioles have not sacrificed basically anything in order to acquire Tyler Nevin, just a little bit of money. And, so he's sort of functioning as an insurance policy. If the Orioles don't end up having him on the major league roster, fine. And the Orioles will lose him probably. And he will go to another team and probably end up doing something like he did for the Tigers last year. Um, maybe he goes and signs with the Pirates or any of the other sort of bottom tier teams sort of shuffles up and down between the minors and the majors he would probably be in a position where he would sign a minor, minor league contract and then shuffle his way up and down between the minors and the majors. Um, but in terms of uh, Tyler Nevin making the major league team on opening day, I think it's very unlikely and a lot would have to happen in order for that to become a real possibility. And if you're just looking at who he has to compete against for each of these positions, if you look at first base, first base is crowded with Ryan Mountcastle and Ryan O'Hearn. Um, and then you look at third base uh, and you, it doesn't get any easier. You have Gunnar Henderson, uh, you know, when he plays third base and when he's not playing shortstop and you have uh, Ramon Orias, 
And then you have Jordan Westberg over there too, when he's not playing second. So, you know, sort of the mix of all these guys, like I said, Tyler Nevin is not going to compete out, compete any of them. So in order for Tyler Nevin to make the team, something has to happen to these players where the Orioles need to go deeper into their options. Um, And then you can start even beginning a conversation, I think, about whether Tyler Nevin would make the opening day team. Um, So, of course, there is a possibility for all, you know, for a trade to happen, for things to happen. Uh, All of that could happen. Um, And I'm not, uh, of course, nothing is certain, but... I do think the Orioles are predominantly viewing this um, through an insurance policy situation. I do think there must be something that the Orioles like in his game um, in order to, to give him another chance here. Um, And I can't exactly say what that is, um, but I think uh, for the Orioles to be acquiring him now um, at this late juncture, um, when things are only going to get more difficult, um, e- you know, if we, even if, even if somehow Tyler Nevin did make the opening day roster, um, how long he would be able to stay in Oriole, you know, with each passing day, it would be more and more difficult and less tenable for the Orioles to keep him on the major league roster. Because, uh, at that point, you start to have some of these other prospects pushing themselves up. Um, and the one thing I definitely don't want to get into a situation where I don't think this is going to happen. Um, but a situation like we had last year where Adam Frazier was blocking somebody like Jordan Westberg or uh, Joey Ortiz from getting more playing time. Um, so I don't I, I'm not worried about that. If the Orioles um, have Joey Ortiz as an option and instead they are running uh, Tyler Nevin out there. Uh, I think that, you know, I think uh, we on this podcast are going to be infuriated um, with that uh, being the outcome. Uh, I don't really worry about that being the outcome. Um, I think Frazier was used predominantly because uh, I think for trade value purposes, they were sort of trying to hide Joey Ortiz more. Um, You know, it was more that than... Um, than most other things. And, and, and as we've talked about on this podcast, Adam Frazier was definitely frustrating to watch, but, but was definitely uh, in some ways a service, a serviceable player at second base. Um, Tyler Nevin uh, is likely not going to be a serviceable, serviceable player. Um, and as I said, he would need that sort of breakout miraculous Ryan O'Hearn type season uh, in order to be anywhere sort of in that conversation um, to to justify, you know, playing him over all these guys I just mentioned. So, you know, when thinking about this and thinking about his future on the on the Orioles, um, I think it looks pretty bleak. Um, the Orioles are definitely in a win now mode. If this was the Orioles from, uh, you know, even three years, I mean, Nev- Tyler Nevin did get you know, time with the Orioles in 2021 and 2022, a little bit, not a whole lot, but the Orioles did use him a bit because the Orioles were in a different state. The Orioles were, you know, rebuilding and it was a different situation for the Orioles that are going to try to chase down a world series this year. So 
this is insurance. I think I don't really expect any way uh, for Nevin to really make the major league team uh, on opening day. I'll be, I will say I would be disappointed overall um, if he were to be on the opening day roster. Um, this is sort of a move that is very, has come to be very typical for the Orioles. Um, a move that is, you know, sort of doing something without really doing anything. Um you know, we can look historically and the Orioles have made moves like this. Um, then again, uh, you know, we weren't that excited when the Orioles acquired Ryan O'Hearn and the Orioles did something with him and turned him into the Ryan O'Hearn he is today. Um, so maybe the Orioles can figure something out with him. But I think it is very unlikely, and I don't see how the Orioles are going to find a way to fit him onto the Major League team this upcoming year, um, despite the Orioles acquiring him. So, um, yeah, all in all, I mean, you just, uh, you know, you're thinking about Tyler Nevin as a player. You know, he's a below average defender. He's a below average base runner, and he's a below average hitter. So, you know, that is not really none of these things are really um, a recipe for um, making a major league team. I mean, I don't think the Orioles don't have really any any player uh, on the team that is below average sort of in every single category as a baseball player. Um you know, you look at some of our weakest hitters like Jorge Mateo and um Adam Frazier and you know at least last year right and uh the Orioles um and these players had real legitimate skills in other areas and other facets of the game we don't have to rehash what those are for them but um you know but for Tyler Nevin those other skills and abilities just aren't there or he at least has not demonstrated up to this point in his career so um, it's unfortunate because I definitely think that uh, Tyler Nevin does seem to be like one of these quadruple A players that is, you know, better than uh, better than a triple A level player, but is just not good enough for the majors. And uh, I don't think uh, even if he were to make the major league team, um, I don't even think the Orioles would give him necessarily the opportunity to have that sort of breakout season. Um, if, uh, you know, his playing time would be limited enough where he would just never get the opportunity to really, uh, demonstrate some sort of significant improvement, even if he somehow managed to do that and sort of change his game as a player. So in any case, I think that'll wrap things up. Um, you know, all the things to do, like subscribe, give us a rating, write us a review on, uh, the Apple podcast. If you want to contact the show, um, feel free to email us at thewarehousepod at gmail.com. Feel free to follow us on Twitter at thewarehousepod. And other than that, thank you so much. This has been the Warehouse Podcast and go O's.